0: is
1: a good life is built one day at a time and that's a good lesson isn't it I don't know about you guys, but you see something like life and you think to yourself, how am I ever gonna do this right? And you're almost overwhelmed by the totality of it. But when you think about that, God just asks you to be faithful today. A good life is a life that is lived faithfully, day in and day out.
0: Do you have one of those five-year plans in place? Are you on track to achieve what you've planned out with your employment or education? Well, it's good to have plans and to be intentional about your life and career. Pastor Daniel will be sharing that you need to have your spiritual planning done as well. You'll learn that the time span on that plan is a bit shorter. In fact, it only covers today. Be sure that you're living for God today. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Genesis chapter 24 as he continues his message called The Shift.
1: ways to love on my wife by my cell phone it's awesome can't go wrong with it but there is a shadow side because there's nothing worse than when I'm sitting downstairs and I decide I'm going to FaceTime my wife who's sitting upstairs you know it's like I'm texting my wife when she's upstairs and I'm downstairs hey what are you doing up there oh nothing just reading what are you doing oh I'm just playing my bass you know I could just walk up the stairs. I get exercise too. (laughs) But the reality is, is that we need to meditate on the things of God. We need to soak, to spend our hearts dwelling in God's word. I love this. Isaac is out there in the field, meditating, waiting on the Lord, bowing his heart. And his mind before God. Now it's beautiful here because it, this end of this chapter is gorgeous in its simplicity. Rebecca sees this man in the field walking towards her and she dismounts herself off the camel. She asks the servant, Who's this, who's this coming? He said, It's my master. And it's so simple. She took a veil and covered herself. The modesty. Of that culture. That was the style. Women were just modest in that culture. And so she veiled herself. As a sign of humility and modesty. And I love this. They just meet. And in verse 67. The simplest discussion of marriage. Look at this. Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. And took Rebecca. And she became his wife. And he loved her. Husbands and wives, listen, single people who want to get married, verse 67 is perfect. It's perfect. Look, brought her into his house, his mother's tent. He took her and she became his wife and he loved her. You know, we could have a million marriage seminars, but none of it actually says it as good as that. Man, just love each other. Say, God, how do you want me to love this person? It's so simple. It's so elegant. It's so almost you could just be like, oh yeah, let's just keep going. Yeah, He, he loved her. He loved her. And not only that, it says that he was comforted after his mother's death. See, marriage is about two people, the two becoming one flesh, being together with mutual love and comfort. Could you imagine how our marriages would be revolutionized if we just said, hey, we're just going to love each other and comfort each other? See, that's the way Satan goes at marriages. He makes you think you're on different teams. He makes you think that you want different things. When really all God wants is for two people to come together in love and comfort. And it's so simple, and it's so easy to miss the elegance of the simplicity of what this means here. They came together, he loved her, and he was comforted. Now, as we move into chapter 25, look at what happens. It says in verse 1, Abraham again took a wife, and her name was Keturah. And she bore him Zimran, Joxan, Medan, Midian, Ishpach, and Shua. Akshan begot Sheba and Dedan. The sons of Dedan were Asherim, Lashim, and Lemumim. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanach, Abadiah, and Elda. All these were the children of Keturah. And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward, away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. Now, we find out here that after Sarah died, Abraham again took another wife. Her name is Keturah, which in that language meant incense. And if the chronology is correct, that Abraham again took a wife, which means after the death of Sarah, that they would have mean, they probably would have been married for about 37 years because Abraham was one 38 when Sarah died and we're going to see in a second that he died at 175 so probably a span of about 37 years and he's got a number of children now I mean you gotta love the strength and energy of Abraham (laughs) I mean I didn't write this stuff but I mean I'm I mean like you're just like good on you Abraham you know and I just get excited about life I mean how could you go wrong with this there's no slowing down for Abraham. and I, You know, I, listen, I pray for those of us who are more seasoned, who've seen more times around the sun, that you all say, God, give me the strength of Abraham. Give me the strength of Caleb. You know, that's why I love Pastor Bill and the Next Step ministry. It's so cool. There's some folks in our fellowship who have retired and their retirement is more... Strategic and impacting than their non-retirement, because they're saying, "Look, I got things that God has for me to do." And Abraham, he's just going for it, you know. And again, this is the fulfillment of Genesis twelve two. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And Genesis seventeen four. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of many nations. And here we see between Ishmael and all the sons of Ishmael, which we've already seen. Now we have Isaac, and we're going to be seeing his family. And now we have all of the descendants he has from Keturah. It's all being fulfilled. Now, figuring out who all these people are and where they end up is very challenging because certain names like Joktan and Dedan and Sheba, we've already seen these names in Genesis chapter 10. So, in the table of nations in Genesis chapter 10, you get some of these names, and now you get Abraham's descendants with these same names. And then it makes it really hard because you're like, well, which Sheba and Dedan, if you read your Bible, you'll see them pop up from here and there. Uh, Midian, of course, you think of the Midianites who Gideon defeated in Judges chapter 6, Moses' wife as well as Jethro, they were both Midianites. We find in Numbers 22 and 31, the Midianites were the enemies of the Jewish people. But who these nations end up being, we really don't know. But what's interesting about it is that we get all these names, and then in verse 5 it says, and Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, and while he was still living, he sent them eastward, away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. What does all this mean? This shows the primacy, the supremacy, God's purpose in Isaac being the called son, the chosen one of the lineage of Abraham. Although he had all these other kids, everything he had, he gave to Isaac. He did bless these other nations, these other Uh, children of his, but he sent them away so that Isaac could do what God had called him to do. It's interesting that they explain all this. They give us all this information and they remind us, listen, all that he had went to Isaac except what he gave to the other sons. Now, in our 21st century American views on how family should run, we think this is pretty awful. And kids bring their brothers and sisters to court over inheritances that look like this. But It's different for Abraham. There was no court to say, I don't like my daddy's will or whatever. This is just the way it was. Now in verse seven, this is the sum of the years of Abraham's life which he lived. 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years and was gathered to his people. And his son Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah which is before Mamre, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heath. There Abraham was buried, and Sarah his wife. And it came to pass, after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt at Beer Lahai Roy. Now, you see here where it says, quite simply, that the sum of the years of Abraham's life. This is not a good translation of the Hebrew. It's actually, they got the concept right, but in the Hebrew, it literally says, these are the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived. Now you see why they translate it as, you know, this is the sum of the years of his life, right? Could you imagine if you read, this is the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived, but the rabbis love the original Hebrew, because what it means is that a good life is lived a day at a time. They make a strong point that what makes a good life is not a number of years, but it's every day lived for God. That a good life is built one day at a time. And that's a good lesson, isn't it? I don't know about you guys, but you see something like life and you think to yourself, how am I ever going to do this right? And you're almost overwhelmed by the totality of it. But when you think about that, God just asks you to be faithful today. A good life is a life that is lived faithfully day in and day out. And if you are faithful to God as best you understand it every single day, By the time you get to the days when your time is done, you'll be able to look back and say, it's been a good life. Because as we seek to be faithful day in and day out. Now listen, I know there's some people sitting here today, there's people who are watching online, maybe checking out later, you're thinking, look, I haven't been faithful very much at all. And the beauty is, is that if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you can receive his grace for all of your unfaithfulness. Now, Stop complaining about yesterday. And let's start taking responsibility for today. See, the gospel is that God forgives us our faults. And God doesn't hold us to our faults in the past, but he redeems us into a more glorious future. I can't go and undo all the lousy things I've done in my life, but I do have control over today and a good life is lived a day at a time. I love this. Abraham died a good old age, an old man and full of years. I think to myself, hey, if I'm going to go out, I want to go out like Abraham. You know, his life was full. He had God in his life. Can you imagine when Abraham was like 173, 174, looking back over his life? Lord, you gave me and Sarah a child when I was 100, she was 90. Lord, my son Isaac has grown up to be a godly man. Lord, you made me rich. You had me leave my family. I didn't even know where I was going. I pray that for each one of us as we follow God, that you can look back over the days since you began following him and you can see his fingerprints on your life. You can see the things that he's been doing. And that's a full life. There's nothing worse. Jesus said it this way What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Could you imagine gaining the whole world and getting to the end of your days and saying, That's it? That's what it was all about? That would be horrible. That'd be horrible. We find out as we keep going that Abraham was buried in the cave of Machpelah. So that's the same place where Sarah was buried. The only land that Abraham had required during his life. This cave, a burial place. His only land in the promised land. Verse 12. Now this is the genealogy of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's maidservant, bore to Abraham. And these were the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names according to their generations, the first firstborn of Ishmael, Nebahoth, then Kedar, then Adbeel, then Mibsam, then Mishma. If you need some cool names, I mean, you guys got this here. I mean, Daniel, I like my name, but man, it's kind of played out, man. I want some Mishmas around here. Duma, Massa, Hadar, Tima, Jeter, Nafish, and Kedema. That's a good one, right? Hey, Lynn, what do you think? Kedema, Fusco? Maybe? <laughs> She's just like, Daniel, no, don't do it to me. Don't do it. Let's keep going. Verse 16, there were sons of Ishmael, and these were their names by their towns and their settlements, 12 princes according to their nations. These were the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years, and he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. They dwelt in Havilah, as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt as you go toward Assyria. He died in the presence of all his brethren. Now you see this, we just went through the genealogy, the generations of Ishmael. We find that as promised, Ishmael was blessed. There's 12 princes here. We find out that they dwelt east of Egypt. So we all know where Egypt is in north eastern Africa. So they dwelt to the east there. In verse 19, it says this, this is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, his wife, the daughter of Bethuel the Syrian, of Padanaram, Aram, the sister of Laban the Syrian. Now, you notice here in verse 19 that Isaac is linked to Abraham twice. Again, pointing once again to God's choosing of Isaac to be the son of promise. I think it's interesting that we keep coming back to this. We keep seeing this. And I think it's important that that's the case because I think that God knew that at some point a prophet named Muhammad was going to come and say that God's chosen lineage wasn't Isaac. It was Ishmael. I think it's fascinating that the Bible goes to great pains from Genesis to Revelation to point us from Abraham to Isaac. Not that Ishmael wasn't blessed, but the chosen, the royal, God's sovereign choices comes from Abraham to Isaac. And in these verses here, the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. And I always say that when the, when the Holy Spirit is redundant, it's because he knows that we're thick-headed, and sometimes we need to hear it twice. Do you guys ever feel like that? Like, I just need to hear things over and over again until I get it. It's all about Abraham and then Isaac. Now, look at verse 21. Now, Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Now, verse 21, like Sarah in Genesis 11, they're having fertility problems. I think it's fascinating that oftentimes God blesses people after a long time of seeming struggle. See, you would think that if God was in it, right, if God's blessing was upon it, it would just happen, right? It's like, man, God's on it. This is going to work itself out. But we see constantly that God works through circumstances that are bewildering. We've talked about this, that children in that culture, a whole lineage was founded upon it. And so when Abraham is not having a son or any children, that's a bad thing for his family. Now, of course, we have Isaac, and Isaac is married to Rebecca, and they're God's promised one, and now they're having a problem getting pregnant. And I just want to say this, because I am quite sure, there's people in here today, people listening, wherever they're listening, that you are in this kind of a situation where you're just like, this is not going well. And it's important to remember that if you are struggling, or if you are in a predicament, then you are a prime candidate for a miracle. Because if everything is going well, you have no need of a miracle. But if you are in one of those situations where it's just, I don't know how this is going to work out, it's not going to work out, how is this ever going to happen here, then you're a prime candidate for God to do something pretty awesome. So it's all a matter of perspective, really. When you look at your circumstances, and they look dire, and you stare at your circumstances, it's dire. It's dire. But when you take your eyes off of your circumstances, and with the eyes of faith, you let your heart behold who God is for us in Jesus, then all of a sudden, it's full of hope. God, you can do anything. God, how do you want to use this circumstance? What are you trying to teach me? Through this situation, God, why is this happening? Because I know that all things work together for good. Romans 8.28, it never falls out of your Bible between 8.27 and 8.29 when situations are bad. Lord, I know you're going to use this for good. I just don't understand what you're doing. So Lord, while this is happening, bear the fruit that you want to bear in my life. Look at the fruit that God bore in their lives through this predicament. Because look at what it says here it says quite simply this. It says in verse 21, now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Now, I don't know about you guys, but Rebekah's barrenness was an opportunity for Isaac to plead for his wife. Do you ever realize that sometimes the only reason, and I don't think it's really the only reason, that God allows us to go through trial is so that we'll call upon his name? Because you know what it's like when everything's going well, you don't really need to call on his name. You're like, Lord, this is pretty cool. Thank you very much. And we enjoy the blessings. But when things get bad, then we're calling out the prayer warriors, right? We're calling up everybody. Hey, can you pray with me? Hey, you're at every prayer meeting. Lord, you got to do something in my life. And that's not a bad thing, but we need to keep that same heart posture when everything is going good. Because the, the blessing of seeking God is what? Is finding him. The blessing of seeking him is finding him. So in the midst of this bad situation, Isaac begins to plead. And again, we, I mean, what a, great, what a great application. Husbands, when was the last time you pleaded for your wives? When was the last time you pleaded with God's blessing, you single guys? When was the last time you began to bombard the throne of grace and intercession for your future wife? I call that getting prayers stored up in the bank. That's some wisdom for single guys. Man, you're just like, Lord, whoever that girl is, man, let her fall in love with you because she's going to need you so much when she meets me.
0: Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel taught today about the death of Abraham. Even though Abraham remarried and had many more children after Isaac, he never forgot the promise God made to him and Sarah. He made sure to honor that agreement before he died by giving Isaac the vast majority of his property. It's important to remember to be obedient to what God tells you to do, no matter how your fortunes rise or fall. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I realize that there are many
1: of you, you're not a born again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, but as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I wanna begin to follow Jesus. I wanna help you do that right now. We're gonna pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400, and my
0: team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will conclude his teaching called The Shift. He's going to pretty much change the focus to Isaac and Rebecca. You're going to hear about the beginning of their marriage and how Rebecca helped to soothe Isaac's heart over the loss of his mother. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Patriarchs. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.